0: Are you a new or aspiring woman leader that wants to make a successful leap into leadership? Do you want to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so that you can become the kind of leader other people want to follow? Welcome to The Leadership Leap, a show that is all about helping women to become more confident about making the leap into leadership. Now, here is your host, Leanne Pico. Hi,
1: welcome to the Leadership Leap. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. We have a fabulous show lined up for you today, which I cannot wait to tell you about. But I am going to wait to tell you about because I have some thank yous that I need to do. Um, So I want to thank Heather Nelson uh, for guest hosting last week. Heather is from Bridge Rays, and she did a wonderful job with her Nonprofit Takeover and had a great conversation with nonprofit leadership coach Kathy Archer about being a confident nonprofit leader. So have a listen by clicking on the show page, or you can download it in your favorite podcast provider. So today, later on the show, we'll be talking about personal branding with Gurpreet Kaurman, HR superhero, and you'll find out what personal branding means, why it's important for positioning yourself as a leader, particularly if you're trying to get into a leadership position and your resume doesn't quite back you up. So Gurpreet's also going to share some techniques and some approaches for doing personal branding well. Uh, First up, though, we're going to talk about solution-focused leadership. And I am very excited about this because many years ago, and many, many years ago, I was certified in Mm -hmm. solution-focused therapy. Uh, I was doing mental health work And I loved the strengths and solutions-based approach um, of using a solution-focused way of doing things. Um, But I'm not going to say any more right now because our guest is going to tell us more. I'd like to introduce you to Sarah McVanell. And Sarah helps people fall back in love with work. That's awesome and very much needed. Uh, From her first job waiting tables to years later being quasi-work therapist, Sarah can never understand why people didn't show appreciation and recognize each other more. And now, as Canada's recognition expert, she speaks, trains, and coaches leaders to leverage the exponential power of recognition to retain great people and live more satisfying professional lives. Sarah, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here and... Talk about it, a great fit with our missions of what you're trying yes, to do on this. Yes, for sure. So, yeah, <laughs>
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm so happy to have you here. And we were just talking just before we started. So I wanted you, to, if you don't mind, I'd love you to share. So mm-hmm. Sarah was in Texas last week and got to see someone oh. that she's wanted to see for a long time. Tell us who you got to see.
2: Oprah.
1: What? Hello. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And tell us about what you were saying something about the community that she was creating
2: in a in a Mm -hmm. big stadium. Uh Mm-hmm. So picture this, I go from speaking at a conference of about 2,000 people, really close-knit association. People from all over the world come together to learn once a year. So I'm thinking, wow, that's a pretty amazing community. And then a couple days later, I have the privilege of walking into the stadium that normally, the um, I think it's called Dallas Stars. I'm I'm not clearly a true Canadian because I don't know all the names of all the hockey teams. But anyway, (laughs) it's normally a hockey stadium. But of course, it's been transformed into, oh, you know, the, the, yep. like a mini Oprah show, except it's, it's 16,000 people. Wow. And right out of the gate. Before she even arrived on stage, she had created this environment that welcomed people to just be themselves. They had, they put on this great dance music and they were filming people in the audience dancing, which of course encouraged people to do more of it. And people were showing their shirts, like this gentleman who's like, I love my Oprah as much as my wife does. And, you know, <laughs> just like It just created this amazing awesome. vibe. And then, of course, she comes out. Before she's even out, people have their phones with the light on. And she has not said a word. And now, if you look on this sea of 16,000 little lights honoring her to come on stage. And she arrives on stage, and she just is grateful from the moment she, she commands that. She's like, wow, I am so honored all of you would choose to spend your Saturday here with me and with each other. And I'm just like, yep, yeah, there you go. That's, that's Oprah. I mean, that, that, is that was Oprah. worth the ticket of entrance to see her in action. <laughs> that's so good. So it's, it's, she just continued to cultivate it. She, she has this way of speaking with people, um, and I say with very intentionally, because you know, solution-focused yes. language is very intentional language. She, yes. she truly speaks with people as if you're having a one-on-one conversation with her. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was, was and that's what
1: her show always did, right? Her show always—you felt like you were with her in the show.
2: Yes, yeah. You think that? Wow, how did you know I needed that topic or that (laughs) guest to be? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) she is a master. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. So
1: good. Well, thanks pretty. for sharing that because she's on my, um, and I missed Michelle Obama when she was here recently in Canada. She was mm-hmm. here in Canada and I didn't get to go, but um, Oprah and Michelle are, uh, you know, I feel like I'm I'm waiting. I need I need them both to get in a room again so I can go and, you know, see them both at the same time. Um, well, but- let me
2: give you a little tip and all your yes. listeners can, can use this tip too. If you go on Super Soul Conversations, the interview that Oprah did with Michelle Obama at one of these vision 2020 tours is recorded. So every single guest that she interviews is on her podcast. So you didn't miss anything. You just saved a lot of
1: money. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to go and check it out. Thank you for that. Thank you. So now listen, I guess we should, we we could talk about Oprah and Michelle for the entire show. We should probably talk a little bit about our, our subject matter and you alluded to it. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. tell us, so, um, you know and and this is a this is not so the idea of a solution focused leadership approach is, is the um, solution focused is not new necessarily mm-hmm. in terms of right. um, the, the techniques, but it is fairly new to apply it to leadership. So what, what, and, you know, and our listeners may never have heard of solution focused before. So can, can you give us, tell us overall, like what is solution focused leadership? What does it mean? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and to your point, it evolved out of the therapy world and um, and it just had so much resonance that schools and correctional facilities and organizations and individual leaders um, started to just try all the strategies and to bring it into their workplaces. Because one of the key tenets of a solution-focused approach is when you focus on problems, you'll just have more problems. Although if you focus on possibilities, you have more opportunities. And I don't know a single leader, whether you are emerging, such as the folks who are – this podcast and show is geared at, right through to seasoned executives who have those moments of, am I doing the right thing? Oh, gosh, I'm not sure we can fall into that, that trap, I'll say, of questioning and doubting and, and being problem-obsessed as opposed to solution-centric. And so it's, a, yes. it's really embracing the both end. You can have lots of challenges as a leader, and there's also always opportunities that we can consider that, and, and also resources and knowledge that are already available to us that we may be overlooking.
1: Absolutely, and one of the things that I found because when I years when I when I certified in and I was working with young people, and mm-hmm. um, one of the things that we found with young people around you know a therapeutic approach with a seventeen year old um, often, you know young people didn't necessarily want to sit in problems and got frustrated mm-hmm. by a therapeutic approach that would kind of go. That they felt would kind of go round in circles, and so it's yeah. really interesting for me when I look when I can I can connect the two where we have that kind of uh, piece in organizations now. We we don't have time to sit in in problems, and it's not productive, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel nice. So mm-hmm. that kind of sense of there's a bit of kind of that impatience, um, in terms of needing to get stuff done. But the other side of it that I found was it's just. It's like a way of being. It's a way of, it's not just do this and you'll, you know, and then this happens. It's a way of shifting your whole mindset, right?
2: It's really, you know, one of the key things that I notice people who are solution focused by nature and perhaps have gone and done some training, perhaps like you and I, we come from the therapy roots and we've, we've found our way into the world of work um, helping people in be their best versions of themselves in that work context. Um, it's really, I hear things like both and yes. What about there? The language yeah. is very indicative of people who naturally or, uh, and, um, and, and, and have really embraced this approach when people are talking about, but, or yeah, but it's, and mm-hmm. you, you, that's where you know there's opportunity to help people embrace this less binary view, which is indicative of that problem-centric. Uh, or, you know, the other thing, and, and the other thing I would say is that it's also indicative that somebody's not in their most resourceful place, because right. I'm sure you and I have both met many trained and naturally solution-focused uh, folks who, who think in terms of possibilities and yet they, they're experiencing a lot of change or dis- difficult things in their personal lives that impact their, their focus at work and, you know, lots of lots of things. People are dealing with lots of things. And holding the space for somebody and believing that this is temporary and I will believe in you and your greatness even when you don't believe in it yourself. Um, I will believe that this project will be successful even though we've run into this roadblock I believe that this organization is still a great place, even though our stock has plummeted recently. It's holding that space, the container, to believe that we, we still have possibilities. And that's where I think we, we can be healthier, more resilient as leaders, as well as also, frankly, healthier organizations. And it's yes. Black and white, just it's just not the way the world works. It's, we, there's lots of competing priorities. There's lots of things we're keeping in balance. A solution focused approach helps us to invite that kind of conversation, which is a way more accurate conversation than this black and white problem centric view that we can get stuck in.
1: Absolutely. And you know, when you like, we hear it, especially, um, you know, and I, either when you're a new leader and you're excited and ready for action, or um, when we, like you said, change management pieces, um, we come to it, we come to the work and think, okay, let's do something different. And then we hear, been there, done that, tried that before. That doesn't work. Oh, no. um, and so what I love about the solution-focused approach is it doesn't really, and I'm going to use the word allow, um, because okay. there's something okay. about uh, in in our intention is to say, I, I am expecting something different here, but but we need to set people up for a different conversation right so even if we come across those kinds of kind of uh you know been there done that all that solution focused it can Mm -hmm. kind of push through that
2: right it can and here's a little just tiny little example of that I often have folks approach me after a keynote and they talk about, you know, I've tried to recognize people. I honestly do. I've, I've made lots of attempts we, we, or, and they may share that we have a program to support it. It's just I, I, I'm not successful. And when I really dig into that, what they, what they often mean is um, there are some people that they haven't been able to reach through it. Right. And, I'll, and when we probe a little bit about that, they've defined it as a problem, and yet actually it's just a very indicative human phenomenon, that everyone's going to want to be appreciated differently, and certain things will resonate more with some folks are other than others. There's lots of research to support that. And so I'll say, well, what if in fact you had a really easy-to-use resource that would allow you to find out how individuals want to be appreciated? What might mm-hmm. that, how might that Um, help you feel less inhibited to recognize. And I said, wow, if I had something that magical, then I think I probably would be really, really free with my recognition. And I'll just say, okay, well, I think all you need to do is ask them. And, you know, and I have a resource on my website called the Recognition Checklist, which people in one page can quickly fill out, you know, hand it in to their direct supervisor or share it with their peers and what i what i hear from folks as they circle back to me is wow i had no idea how diverse people's needs were on this team and once i started recognizing them and appreciating them the way they told me they most wanted to be appreciated for example not only having public recognition some people find that terribly embarrassing they want it private one on one they they embraced it once people started to you know give the acknowledgment one on one so it's, sometimes it's that we, we think we're, because we're well-intentioned, we think, you know, I've got a recognition program and I'm doing it, I'm working the formula, um, and yet it's not working, it must not work around here. And that's that problem-based thinking. And I love the opportunity, and I'm sure you've had lots of examples of this, especially with new leaders. They can often think, I must be doing something wrong mm-hmm. because they don't have the the years on the street to realize, okay, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna fail and try things and it's not always gonna work out and that doesn't show me it's me (laughs) or it doesn't necessarily mean it's not there isn't another solution. So you know, what I'd love to hear is when people circle back and say, I just tried it in another way and I had some success and and they don't and success doesn't have to be a hundred percent knock it out of the park every time. There's this also acceptance in this solution-focused approach when you try something and you get a you it, if it were better even just a little bit that's one of my favorite questions yeah. when people are stuck yeah if it were better yeah. even just a little bit what would that look yeah. like who would notice what yeah would and that's
1: one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah, and we can talk about the scaling after, because I, I think I'd love to, oh. and we're going to take a break in a minute, but we'll talk, I'd love to talk about yeah. the scaling as a, a great tool. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to pull sure. a couple things from what you've just shared, because it was so good. Um, one is that when we get focused on problems, but also what we tend to do is call, we say these, this is a problem person. And so, right. you know, I've heard people described as a curmudgeon or that's a difficult person. Mm. And so even that solution-focused approach is, uh, encourages us to think differently about people. So I think that's yeah. awesome. So we're going to take a break really right cool. now. We're going to come back yeah. after. We're going to keep talking to Sarah about solution-focused leadership. Um, one of the things that Sarah mentioned was about the, it being magical It is magical, and we're going to share some more of our magic tricks after the break. Back soon.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
1: Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at leadershipleap.net and use coupon code RADIO for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, You'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code RADIO for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be.
0: You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap.
1: Hi, welcome back. I am having a lovely conversation with Sarah McVinnell, who is uh, coming to us from her firm, Greatness Magnified. Um, And Sarah and I were just talking about solution-focused leadership and kind of getting a sense of what um, solution focus means, but also how it applies to leadership and how we can bring it into our organizations. Um, One of the things that, uh, one of the words that Sarah used uh, before the break was magic, magical. And um, what I was saying, just During the break, I was saying to Sarah that when I first um, learned solution-focused, I had that reaction that it was magic. Um, and part of the reason for that is quite—it's quite a simple. There's quite simple approaches and tools and techniques mm-hmm. that you can use in solution-focused work that actually move people faster than you know a two-hour um, debrief. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. Sarah, tell us tell us some of the techniques that we use because one of one of the the techniques that we used in therapy and I and I can see working in leadership very well is a scaling technique, and you referred mm-hmm. to it. Earlier about a kind of a measurement for someone saying it's a little bit better, um, and it mm-hmm. reminded me of that. So tell us a bit about that, and how can people mm-hmm. use kind of scales to or or yeah. little measurements to to track
2: progress? Yeah, and I think there's two key things. One is just that it's scaling and and using a form of measurement is um, is really effective in any organization, any leadership role because. Otherwise you and I can have different perceptions and think we're on the same page. And similarly, we think we may think we're on different pages, but actually we're closer together. So that's that's one of the nice things. Uh, the other piece is it holds the other individual as resourceful and whole as opposed to it's my opinion, whether I'm the person in the more uh senior role or not, it's what matters to the people or the person right in front of me. So Scaling is is foundational in the solution-focused approach because when we ask somebody on a scale of 10 to 1, which may seem a little strange because usually it's 1 to 10. However, it's 10 to 1 because the solution-focused approach is we're working towards possibilities and the best possible outcome. So it might be something like um, new leaders on a scale of 10 to 1. With 10, I couldn't be more confident as a leader if I tried to, one, the opposite of that. Where are you right now? And let's say you're working with Jenna as a coach, and she says five. Great. Wow. Five? I am so impressed. Five? You you've just started, and you're already at a five. That's amazing. Where do you want to be within a month, let's say? Where would you like to be? And she may say, I want to be a seven. Wow. You want to be a five to a seven? I think that's possible. Great. What would be different when, you're, when you reach a seven? And she would articulate that, which may, may be very different or very in line with what you're assuming she's going to mean by a seven. However, what matters is what she thinks a seven looks like. Mm. Right. What would, who would be the first to notice? What would be your first step? You can ask key solution-focused questions to be able to help her better understand what that looks like. And then a beautiful question that we ask, which is fitting in almost every situation, is then what is your next? Because Mm -hmm. it's just about one next step. This is where a solution-focused approach beautifully fits in environments that are continuous improvement lean environments because we talk all about one next step or one step at a time or one small step. So what's your next step? Which gives her clarity and direction. So scaling is an anchor to help the person and you understand where they're at, where they wish to be, and to process the, um, the plan as to how to get there.
1: Yeah, and so, and the other element um, that's in there, and I just, I always, I've always loved that piece, and I I use it myself in in different ways, but the other thing that um, the key piece, the scaling is the tool, but what we're actually doing is getting people to visualize what yes. success looks like, yeah. and I feel like that's the missing piece often in our kind of problem-focused mm-hmm. conversations. We're trying to dig ourselves out of a hole, rather than looking up at the sky and saying what's, like you said, what's possible.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. And it it is the person is the one in charge of the visualization, mm. as opposed to yes what can often happen in a, in a less solution focused, to more problem centric way. It's where do I have to go? It falls yeah. under the realm of the shoulds, which of course you and I know as professional coaches, we wanna help people move away from the shoulds. We're very aware of what other people expect of us and what our roles required requires us to be. And it's not always necessarily authentic to who I am and how I will be at my best. And so you can still it allows you to hold the space that this individuals, let's say in the case of new leaders, since this is who's on listening to this, new leaders already have leadership skills. They already have talents that they're bringing forward. They already have experiences that they can leverage, even if this is their first leadership role. So now I get a chance to understand what is most important to, for them to be because they visualize that. And my job then and supporting them, and this is when I say my job, It could be your job as their direct supervisor, as your professional coach, as a trainer who embraces solution-focused approach, and you're not the only expert in the room. So whoever Mm -hmm. that that person is can help them close the gap to live into that vision with some very specific person-centered strategies that meet that individual's path about where they want to go. Yeah, love it. And that's the
1: piece that, again, I love uh, and, you know, a lot of us live deeply is that, that person is the expert and can come up with their own solutions. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that, Sarah. And that's a really great tip. And so you can find out more about Sarah. And also um, she's got a section on her website with cool resources. Um, Mm -hmm. So Sarah, where can people find out about, you've written four books, very impressive, Mm -hmm. and there are some resources, (laughs) and also about your services. Where can they find you? Mm -hmm. Greatnessmagnified.com. Awesome. So I highly recommend you check out the website. There's, um, as Sarah mentioned, there is a a checklist there that you can use in your work as a leader with others. And also, you know what, I mean, if you're an individual contributor, and you want to share with your leader, how to, uh, you know, recognize you more effectively, it could also, it's a great tool for you to do that. So thank you so much, Sarah, for being here today.
2: My pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. Take care. You too. Okay. So that's awesome. And I I just love solution focus. It is a really, and and, you know, one of the things that I wanted to just uh, say is that, you know, um, what we were just talking about, Sarah and I is not um, the thing where, a leader says bring me solutions don't bring me problems that's part of the conversation as a leader it's our job to help people find solutions sometimes so it's not up to people to go away and do all the work it, sometimes we need to help and solution focused approach is a way to do that so I highly recommend you check out Sarah's site as well as her books okay so now I'd like to welcome Gurpreet Kaurman our HR superhero uh, Gurpreet is an HR professional with 14 plus years of human resources experience. She runs her own HR consulting firm, uh, coincidentally, not so coincidentally, also called HR Superhero. And Gurpreet helps small and medium-sized organizations to attract and retain talent by day and by night. She's a career strategist coach helping career professionals land a job in 30 days through her online boot camp. Gurpreet, welcome back to the show. Thank you, I'm So glad to be back. (laughs) So good to have you here. So now last time uh, we talked a bit about kind of looking like a leader on your resume and how to uh, kind of uh, position yourself. But this time we're going to talk a bit about personal branding. Is that right? Yes, yes. And so how to look like a leader, creating a personal brand that helps you look like a leader. But, um, you know, for a lot of people, they don't know, like, what is personal branding? What do we mean by that? So
4: without complicating it, it's very simple. It's what people say behind your back.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. That is the best description I've ever heard. That's awesome. That's what it is. It's what people say when you're not in the room. Right, right. And so what, like, why is it important?
4: So the reason, um, from my own experience, why it's important is it's it's a way to create awareness about you. Because people don't know you yet, right? Um, the only yeah. people that may know you is just the people you work with and not outside of that. So importance of brand is to create awareness about you, what you do, what you can do. And have that platform and that voice so that you can get discovered from potential wow. employers?
1: right. so and so we can either talk about, I mean, when we talk about that, we kind of it's either potential employers or it can be even our our current employers. because um, one of the things right. that i I see a lot um, in organizations is people get hired for a job and um, all of a sudden the whole organization looks at that person as if they are that job description, and that's the only thing they're ever able to do. Um, so yes. I love the idea that you're putting forward about what people say about you uh, behind your back because it's either, like you say, um, out there in terms of um, looking for new opportunities or within within your own organization. I guess your personal brand just travels with you wherever you go, right?
4: Yeah, it does. It It goes everywhere with you, personally, professionally as well, and the re- the what you touched on, why it's important is also to get promotion. Sometimes right. you're ready for a promotion, and the company may not have a budget or may not have room to promote you, but if you start, um, I was watching this TV show last week called The Bold Type, and that's Kind of funny coincidence that they talk about the same thing, and uh, the, one of the characters is telling them to create a brand and create the awareness and be promotable. Oh. <laughs> Make them
1: promote you. Yes, love that. Love that. So, now, okay. So what I'm 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 hearing the I'm gonna I'm I am anticipating that the objection to this is well I can't control what people say behind my back. Like, how can I control that? So what would you say to that? Honestly, you can't.
4: So let's not stress about things that we can't control. It's out of our control. But let's focus on um, what we can control, and that is us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the first step to building your personal brand is just be you. And don't apologize for being you. Right. And you can't, people are going to talk about you good that it just comes with it. Um, And the other thing people get nervous about building their personal brand is, well, my employer is going to think I'm looking for a new job. (laughs)
1: Yes, so <laughs> I have to I, say I've been guilty that of that myself in the past when, uh, you know, uh, all of a sudden I'm, I'm updating my LinkedIn profile and then I, I get asked questions. <laughs> but I'm not sure that's yeah. the case anymore, though, right? In the same way, right?
4: Uh, you know, I always get this question a lot. And so I'm assuming it is still a case. But there's a way to spin that, too, is, you know, you're not looking for another job but if you start building that brand especially on LinkedIn if you do it you're also actually indirectly promoting
1: your employer right yes true so
4: you end up building your employers brand for them yes. <laughs> so there's a way to spin it to your company as well um, that's like one of the things I help my clients corporation clients with is get your employers to get uh, your employees to get active on LinkedIn. So they can build their brand, but indirectly they're also building your employer
1: brand. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, what I would say though is, has to be a good brand. It has to be a good um, personal brand. So, how do we, um, how do we be intentional about the brand that we're creating? And what we mean by brand, like what are the elements of a brand? Kind of, it's it's what people say about you, but it's um, in professionally speaking, what what core elements do you think we would be talking about when we say brand
4: so to create a brand strategy the first thing you want to look at is what you want people to think about you right and the impression you want someone to have about you and when they are looking at you let's say in the digital platform like LinkedIn what do you want them to leave with
1: oh nice So you talk about a strategy. So this is like a thing you can create. Like it's actually being quite intentional, right? Yes. You
4: have to be uh, intentional with what you want to do. If you're going to build your brand, just don't go into blindly. And uh, that's probably one of the mistakes maybe earlier on I made um, with just, you know, having no focus, target, nothing, no strategy. And I was just doing it. Uh, But I've come a long way uh, since then from obviously learning from mistakes. You want to have a strategy. You really want to first be very clear on the image. And the Mm -hmm. best way would be, you know, if you died tomorrow, what would people say about you? What would you want people to say about you? Yeah. So that would be step one. Right. And second would be, what are you aiming for? What's your target? What do you want to get out of it? Like, no one builds a brand not to get something out of it. So what, nice. do you, what do you want in return to doing this? Right. Nice. And maybe you're looking for a different career path. Maybe you want to move up, promotion. Maybe you want people to see you as a leader. Um, and this is, I think, it's the best strategy, especially to showcase. Uh, you know, last week we were talking about maybe maybe you're not in a role that leadership Role, but you are a leader, you have the qualities. This would be the best way to showcase um, by building your brand, showcasing and leveraging
1: those skills that you already have that can put you in a leadership role. Nice. And that can be your purpose. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, Gurpreet, we're going to just take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to um, talk some more. Gurpreet's going to share some more techniques for building that personal brand and where you can do it and how you can do it. And just a reminder, if you want to hang out with me a little bit in the weeks when, you know, during the week when you're missing the show, um, you can sign up at my website, theleadershipleap.net and have your coffee or tea with me every Sunday morning. Love to hang out with you. Well, But we will be back in a second.
3: (laughs) Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
1: Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership, as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others, You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, You'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code RADIO for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want
3: to be.
0: You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap.
1: Hey, welcome back. Uh, So we're talking personal branding with Gurpreet Karaman, HR superhero. I can't, sorry, I have to say that every time because I just love the name so much. Like talk about um, a personal brand that is so awesome. Gurpreet not only does it, but she lives it. And I love that. I love that. So Gurpreet, before the break, we were talking about, you were talking about developing a personal branding strategy. And there were the two main elements you were talking about is one, What's the first one? It was uh, decide what you want people to think about you, um, and secondly, um, where do you want to go? Like, what's what's the point of all this? You want to have a have a reason for doing this, so then you can get clearer. Are those the two main steps, or are there more steps?
4: And the third step, I would say, um, is don't try to be anybody, someone you're not. And lastly, thank you. And lastly don't copy other people be ah. you.
1: <laughs> I really see that a lot. Easy. I see that a lot. Yeah, no. The two, the, but you know right what? like you go on. it's so easy to get lost. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to get lost.
4: It's so true. It, it's so easy especially nowadays on LinkedIn. It's you can and you know you may not even realize um, that you're copying someone, but because some, certain people may just be in your face all the time and you may just start doing what they're doing. So it's really, 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 it's happened to me. Uh, it's really, really easy to get, to go, get lost uh, yeah. with other people.
1: Yeah, it's very, that's so, a good point. And I, actually, that's a good life lesson, in fact, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we've been talking about LinkedIn. So let's talk about LinkedIn as a, as because I know you're a big fan of it. So am I, we're both on LinkedIn yeah. a lot. Um, and part of the reason for that is because it is like the professional network. Um, but mm-hmm. LinkedIn used to be just about job searching for years ago but it's changed, right? So it's often a lot yeah. more about thought leadership and developing your brand.
4: Yes. Yes, it's correct. Um, I never saw LinkedIn was a job search type of platform. Uh, even when it first came out, I always saw it as networking
0: mm-hmm. uh,
4: platform. Uh, but yes, you're right. It has changed a lot, especially when Microsoft uh, bought out LinkedIn a few years back. It's, the platform's completely, completely changed. And one of the things I love about it is that it's by far one of the easiest platforms to actually build your brand, personal brand. Fastest and easiest.
1: Yeah, and it's all yours because your name is there. Like your name Mm -hmm. and your photo is there. It's about you, right?
4: Yes. You don't need to have... You know, like Instagram, for example, you, it, it takes a lot of energy to create a brand on, like, uh, on Instagram, mm-hmm. for example, because it's all picture-driven. Yes. LinkedIn is not. Yeah. LinkedIn can be text-driven. You don't have to know how to be a graphic designer to build your brand. All you need to do, and that's why I love it because it's so simple, all you need to do is share your story, share your knowledge, yeah. your experience, yeah. your failures the success, how did you get to where you are today? And all it requires you to do is download the app on your phone and you can write stuff on the go. So yeah. simple. It's probably why I love it because it's yeah. just very
1: simple. It is very simple. One of the things that I would say, though, is that, um, and I guess this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, is the, the piece around being clear about, what you're wanting to say and, and um, how you're saying it. Um, So can you give us some tips on, so you can kind of, I I mean, I love it because I'll have a random thought and I'll just go, Oh, I'll share that. Um, But I'm also very intentional also about sharing deeper thoughts. And so what are some ways that we can, like, what are some techniques we can use to kind of build our brand beyond Um, Like, kind of showing who we are as potential leaders. Mm -hmm. So, first step will be, definitely
4: you're not going to be comfortable. So, go small. Right. You don't need to write long articles, nothing like that. It can be something small. And just write something small piece. Um, Maybe it's five steps to take to do X. Maybe, maybe it's five steps you can do as a new grad to get into this career. Like you're just kind of sharing steps that you did to get into your yeah. career and what you're doing currently. So going small is the key uh, right. to just getting first, getting comfortable on LinkedIn. Too. Uh, we're talking about posts here, so just writing a post. So I mm-hmm. would say share what you know. No politics. Mm. Stay away from politics. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not a Yeah, goodness. I think you and I, you and I, have both gotten in trouble for that at some point. I've yes. seen. <laughs> yeah,
4: but it took me a long time before I did post something about along the yeah. topics of politics. But if you're starting yeah. out, I would say yes. stay away from politics. Just talk about your career, uh, yeah. your expertise in your career, your profession start from
1: there and And what you've learned like
4: just to add to that
1: I have found it very very effective uh, because this is the piece where we have to be careful um, in terms of for some people what they do is it's kind of like shouting me 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 and um, in actual fact um, and you alluded to it earlier you want to consider how this might be helpful to others. It's always you're sharing, you yes, you are building a brand, but you want to be helpful, right? Yeah. What I call it, uh, what uh,
4: many uh, professional brand experts call it called value add. Nice. So what value are you going to add if you're posting something? So, if you yeah, keep that nice. in mind, okay, I'm going to write something, but how is this going to benefit
1: anyone that's reading it? I think yeah. it would be the key. It's the key actually it is the key and, and that's, that really and that works. people want to respond to it then they don't want to they don't like being mm-hmm. shouted at
4: yeah and no one likes show off either right. um, so i would say you know what really works on linkedin that surprisingly um, i always get amazed but just being vulnerable admitting yeah. when you're wrong admitting your faults uh, you know being rejected getting rejected like I just I think this last week or this week I posted about how I was rejected by you know fortune 500 consulting companies like Deloitte, Accenture and i was just sharing my experience about how many times I've been rejected before someone even said yes
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, and and, and so just to add to that, because I I saw that post and they were like, and not that going viral is necessarily the like that's not the reason for doing it, but um, in yeah. terms of impact and and stretch in terms of or, um, distance where you want to have impact. So, Capri, I think your post it it, it was like seven thousand people or something. It's crazy. It yeah, was a lot. It was big, I right? I, I and so many yeah. comments, like three hundred people. Liked it. So many comments. Um, you had a lot of engagement with that one.
4: Yeah, a lot. So surprisingly, uh, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I don't post for likes or comments. No. Um, and I don't even actually, a lot of people actually do this. And it's, it is one of the strategies if you're going to create your personal brand is to actually see what, how well your posts are doing. So to, uh, <laughs> uh, the stats. But I, I never do it. No. And I never look at followers. I don't pay attention to who's liking, who's commenting. And one of the biggest things I learned was from uh, Gary Vaynerchuk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Engage with the people that are engaging with you. Yes, nice. Well, and also, the and part of the reason to not look at it, because, I mean, it's fun to look at the numbers, obviously, but that's not why you do it. It's super, super important. Um, this is the long game. Like, what we're talking mm-hmm. about in terms of personal brand, it's not, I put three posts up, why don't I have a job offer? This is a long game.
4: Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Um, and other thing I want to quickly touch on is another great way to build your brand is become a guest speaker at events, mm.
0: um, even
4: podcasts as well. And lastly, even um, being a guest writer in your favorite magazine, maybe professional magazines. So those
1: are additional things that you can do to really build your brand. Nice. And it's it's about kind of... Um And it's not about doing all of them, right? Like, it it might be worth choosing one area. Like, if you're a good writer or you're a great speaker, choosing the area where you're strong, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I would
4: definitely, 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 if you're someone like me that used to be shy in public speaking, then you may want to put yourself in um, becoming a guest speaker in events or podcasts.
0: Mm-hmm. Because it
4: will really help you sharpen your um, uh, that fear you may have of speaking in the public. It really, really helps
1: and it does, and um, we are often more confident about speaking about the thing that we are excited about, and so who knows, like somebody in your organization or another organization will spot you and say, "I love how you think. I'd love you to come and uh, come and talk to me, right Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, nice. Okay, so just got a couple of minutes to the end of the show. One thing that I did want to ask you about personal brand and about being on LinkedIn um, is around, so you, you've talked a lot about kind of what you write and what you share. How about how we connect? Like in, t- in order to build our personal brand and our network, within a network, just, you know, 30 seconds worth, what are your t- what, what's your top tip for when you're connecting with others?
4: For connecting with others, honestly, um, commenting on their posts, right. support the people that actually support you too. Um, hence why I said, engage with the people that engage with you. Um, but you can also get uh, Gary Vaynerchuk sums it up the best way. He he calls it the dollar ninety nine strategy, writing ninety comments a day on other people's
1: posts. Right. And, and I can't do so that. So get involved. So well, even before you start writing and putting stuff out there, that's a that's a really good place to start, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's the best way to build connections. It's, the problem with LinkedIn is we add so many people as connections, but we're not speaking to them.
1: Right. right.
4: And the most fastest way or easy way to speak to that connection is if they're actually posting on LinkedIn. Um, start writing comments on other people's posts, but, my one biggest piece of advice: If you're going to write comments, do not, do not, do not write a negative comment.
1: No, never, no negativity. <laughs> no. Okay, Gurpreet, that's that's the best advice you could get for sure. So, tell us where can we find you? I think you're promoting. Is it you've got a new program you're you're sharing right now, right? Yes, I'm actually putting a workshop
4: together for how to use LinkedIn to land your next job opportunity and build your personal brand. And I'm doing that March 7th. It's on a
1: Saturday and it will be uh, online. Okay, so you can find, so we've got to close out the show. So you can find Gurpreet kaur on LinkedIn or you can check out her website, HR Superhero. Thanks, Gurpreet. We'll see you next time. Yep, thank you, Leon. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so thanks to Sarah and Gurpreet for an amazing show. Next week, we'll be chatting about assertiveness and emotional intelligence. And as always, if you want to stay connected with me in the meantime, sign up for a weekly leadership inspiration at
0: theleadershipleap.net. See you next time. Thank you for joining us this week for The Leadership Leap. Liam Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you make a successful leap into leadership.